I've started a new series um, for the next three weeks, starting today, on the parables and practical or powerful principles to learn from the parables. And um, we had a really cool time this morning uh, dealing with one of the parables, and tonight I'm going to do a different parable. I actually, I had it in my mind that I'm going to do the parable of the new wineskins, but actually that's next Sunday morning. So I hope you'll come to that because I'm really excited about that. But you're ahead because last week we did how to um, make things new, right? Those of you who are here. I want to talk to you about the parable in the Bible of the lost coin. So before we read it, um, maybe to, to tell you some humorous set you up with a humorous anecdote or story. So um, I get nervous around some people's driving. I think that some people aren't as good a driver as they think they are. Now, now I, I just want you to know, I know I'm not a good driver. So at every opportunity, I ask other people to drive. I can't see over the dashboard adequately. I'm, oh, that's funny to you, is it? I'm deeply distracted by every message that gets onto my phone. I'm distracted by other people's bad driving. And different kinds of people make me nervous in different kinds of ways. And you have to be very careful that you don't generalize. But when I see certain kinds of cars, I get nervous. When I see certain kinds of drivers, I get nervous. But the worst kind of driver for me is anybody in a car that looks like it's already been driven by a bad driver. So that means every part of the car isn't shiny anymore. Like it's been repaired and it's got different colors on it and it's halfway through the polyfiller phase. You know, that kind of thing really, really makes me nervous. Um, and set that aside for a moment, I decided to get, to get a little bit more like with it on technology and I'm making my home a smart home. So what that basically means is that everything else in your house is cleverer than you. That's basically what it means. I bought some smart light bulbs that operate off an app. It just is so clever. I can speak to my light bulb and it switches on or off. And I set it up really nicely. I thought I'd try one and I set it up and I put it in position and I got the app to work and I had like a switch it on at this time dim it at that time, switch it off at that time, switch it back on in the morning at that time, all on an app. It is so clever, ne? But I hit the wrong button somewhere. Oh, okay. Uh, and I got up um, really early in the morning before it had a chance to follow the instructions, and somehow I hit a button that said flow. And what flow does is it makes the light bulb just rotate through various colors like at a disco, like at a party. It is So here I am. I live on a very noticeable street in Mount Road. And if you were driving up Mount Road in the last 24 hours, you just assumed that that guy had a party in his house and didn't know when to turn the lights off. It just was every color. It just was blue and purple and red and it was confusing. And I'm very saved. So I thought the Lord was giving me a vision. I was waking up and I didn't know what was going on. I was like, here I am, Lord, send me and. Excuse me. And the principle I, I guess I want to practically extract out of that comes um, 
is impacted by Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15 in the Bible has three parables in it about lost things. And it is most famously known um, for the parable of the prodigal son. So a son that is lost. And one of the parables in it is the parable of the lost coin. And so let's read it. It's just a couple of verses. And then I want to talk to you, um, if I could be blunt, if I, if I could give this parable like a, a simple title. But like, a, it's a little rude, but it's simple. But it, you're going to remember it. But I don't mean it meanly. But the title of this message is How Not to Be a Loser. Is that too much? Um, <clears throat> some of you are like, I know who should be here. I'm going to text them right now. There's a sermon happening right now about you. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't want you to think about it like that. I want you to think about it in the context of fighting for what has value and making sure that the principle, the idea that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, that you're not a victim of loss. So with that in mind, Luke chapter 15, verse 8 says this, Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, let me just pause for a moment. Jesus chooses all his words very carefully. And I'm so often told that religion or Christianity specifically is to be blamed for a lot of problems in the world. And yet, here in this ahead of its time scripture is a story about a woman who uh, is clearly a businesswoman because she's running the budget and she's keeping account and she is competent and educated and, and she is a good steward because she's keeping record. And I just think that sometimes we get blamed for stuff that's not our fault because people don't want to look in the mirror and see their brokenness. So they just point at other stuff and go, it's your fault and your fault and your fault. But Jesus all along was ahead of the game. Amen? So here's this woman and she's got 10 silver coins and she loses one. Does she not light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together saying, rejoice with me for I found uh, the peace. It's interesting that choice of words, the peace, not the coin, just the peace. <clears throat> I want to lean into that in a moment, which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. That so Jesus is drawing a parallel that, that uh, 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 heaven is like this woman uh, who is counting the treasures, and if one is missing, uh, they turn on the light and look for it. And if you uh, take a very uh, a global view of that scripture, then you are God's treasure. And if you are not yet in the house of God, in the household of God, in the family of God, uh, then God lights the lamp called Jesus Christ, sends it into this dark place called the world and doesn't rejoice until you are back home. You are heaven's valued treasure. So that's the global view of that passage of Scripture, right? And it's an important one, I think, uh, for, for us to bear in mind. But there is also a story here that is very practical about value and things that are of value. One person might say, well, nine out of ten is good going. That's good going. In fact, when I was a student, I can tell you 90% 
would have been a miracle. I am the product of prayer and fasting when it came to my studies because all I wanted to do was be a preacher and my parents said, well, you will go and study something practical and they sent me here to study uh, a BCom and, in, and, and I did that uh, uh, casually. I did that casually, I'll be honest. And then I started a church. I did that seriously. But, but casually, and then I, even one or two lecturers or my lecturers were Christians, and I think God sent them to the university to be Christians at the same time as me, just to give me that extra 1%, that just that extra, just to get you over, especially uh, uh, statistics. I battled, with, I battled with statistics. Actually, I loved statistics so much, I did it twice. And so, and so um, but it, it, here's, here's the punchline of part of this idea that I want to talk to you about, and that is, that in God's economy, in other words, in the way God wants to build your life, um, you should not settle even for 90% of what could be, that you should turn the light on in your life until you're living at 100%. Not even 90% is good enough for God when it comes to you. Can you say amen to Not even, not even. Don't worry about minimum requirement. Don't worry about enough to get by. Don't worry about better than the average. Don't worry about what they say out there, keeping up with that. Better than that, there is a maximumness to the nature of God in your life. Uh, and I wanted to tell you that if you're not a follower of Jesus, the best you can do is less than 100%. But when you follow Jesus and the one who created you um, leads you, you can get to 100%. You can get to 100%. I um, made a crucial mistake with my silly light bulb example. I literally did this. If you're wondering which technology I opted for, I opted for a Chinese technology, Xiaomi technology. And I eventually opened the manual as you should do, and it says right at the top, in English, not in Mandarin, in English, do not attempt to set this light bulb up until you scan this QR code. I did not scan the QR code. And so then I felt like a fool, and I scanned the QR code, and then it says point it next to the light, and I point it next to the light, and then just tell it what you want it to do, and I told it what I wanted it to do, and there was no disco in my house last night. <laughs> Is that all right? Worthy of a round of applause. Okay, you laugh, you laugh, but I'm coming for you because your soul also needs to be scanned by the QR code of Scripture. You need to point your life into Scripture and then you need to point your Bible into your life and then you need to speak the words that Scripture has spoken and then you don't land up with a messed up disco of a life either. And, may, and maybe then you start to flow in the direction that the Lord has in mind for you. Uh, this idea that, you know, to define what is good enough, what's a pass rate, what's adequate, is a very important thing. I want to define for you today from Scripture that God's plan for you is 10 out of 10. I think that's the important principle. And so I, I, I want to share with you a couple of ideas from Scripture on how to fulfill that. The first idea um, is even researched in, in um, academics. It's the 10% rule. 
the 10% rule. Now, we all know about the 80-20 thing and the whatever. So what would the 10% rule do? You know what they say concerning the 10% rule? And that is this, that uh, you only need to make a 10% change in order to see a 100% turnaround. That's interesting. Not everything has to change all at once in order for your life to go in the right way. You just need to make a change in a stage, in a space. The 10% rule says one adjustment in a bouquet of things could turn your life around. And that's the principle that I think is so powerful. You know, that idea is shared a few times in Scripture. There's another story, only two chapters later, Luke chapter 17, about 10 lepers. Once again, Jesus isn't being random. 10 lepers, the story go, well, let me read it. In verse 12, then he entered a certain village and there uh, met him 10 men who were lepers who stood afar off and they lifted up their voices and they said, Jesus, master of mercy on us. And so when he saw them, uh, uh, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. I'm going to pause there for a moment. Uh, do you know that sometimes miracles don't happen while you're stationary? Jesus said to the lepers, on your way, Go to the priest. As you're moving in the direction of God's plan, the momentum heals your heart. Make a move. Don't wait for healing. Walk it out. Walk it out. I've realized, um, you know, more and more I've realized that um, people are waiting for something to happen before they will make a move. I, just, I want you to know, nothing's going to come find you. You're going to go find it. I, I want you to know that um, very little happens when you're stationary. Uh, the, the miracle is in the momentum and in the movement. You take steps and steps become supernatural. The Lord orders the steps of a righteous man. There is something about just take a step and Jesus will guide your feet. And tonight, I want to encourage you, take a step. Take a 1% step, a 10% step, and watch things turn around. So, so the 10 lepers are on their way to the priest, and they all realize, all of them realize they're healed. And then one of them, here's the 10% rule, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned, and with a voice, loud voice, glorified God, fell down on his face, uh, 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 at his feet, and, and giving him thanks and then the last part of that verse is powerful. It says, he was a Samaritan. And you know why that's so important? Is that the person you don't expect to come back to Jesus to give thanks, the person you think doesn't know enough about God, he's not Jewish, not religious, doesn't have a history, the Samaritan, the unexpected, comes and bows their knee and gives thanks to God. And let me tell you what I think is really important. The 10% rule is that 10% of every part of your life Time, treasure, talent should be given to God because it shapes the culture of the rest. It shapes the culture of this. Don't be a loser by losing the 10% rule. I've even implemented, personally, I'll tell you honestly, I've even implemented on stupid stuff. Like I've decided if I'm going to watch two hours of Netflix, then 10% of anything I'm watching has to be Christ-centered, spiritual or biblical. 
So I'll watch T.D. Jakes for an hour and he'll scream the devil out of me. I mean, he sure does, right? Or I'll watch The Chosen. Now, I know, I know that some people think The Chosen is the most amazing thing and then some people think, if you haven't watched it, think it isn't. But <laughs> should I not have said that? Is that too far? Um, I, I'm making sure that I don't lose the cream at the top because I think 90% is better than average. I'm not going for better than average. I'm going for full marks. Life in, life in all its fullness. I want to get to the end of my journey and I want the Lord to look back into my life and say, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into your joy. Do you know why people are not always joyful? Because they're living at the below average mark of who they could be. So they can't find joy. Joy is when you nail it, when you're at the full marks point, when you're living life and life in all its fullness. We need to break the worldly attitude that as long as you're above average, you're doing good. Biblically, uh, you're called not to be above average. You're called to be at your 100% perfect design. That's powerful. Something else in life that will, that will achieve that for you. And I, I want to encourage you, turn the light on in your life and don't allow loss. The second idea that this parable reminds us of is the, important, the importance of recognizing that the light rules. The light rules. Um, uh, the first one is the 10% rule. The second is the, the light rules. Do you know, um, recently somebody, uh, I'm having this debate with a friend because uh, I've discovered this whole um, subculture of ex-Christians. And what they, they do is they say they have gone through a deconstruction of their faith. Like they don't want to believe anything that the way it was said to them. They'd like to think about it and then they'd like to like, like deconstruct it. Now, um, I'm not clever enough to deconstruct something that has been going from the beginning of time. Like, I'm just not clever enough. I'm just going to be honest. I'm not clever enough. And so this guy said to me, you know, what they've realized is that, you know, Christians must start, stop thinking that one thing is better than the other. It's just different. And things can be different and equal. Why do they have to be better? Let me just tell you a thought about that. Light is better than darkness. It's not just different or equal. It's better. And you'll know that because you've never said to yourself, oh, it's too light out here. I'm a bit scared. <laughs> you've, no, no human has used that phrase. But I know a lot of humans who said, oh, it's a pretty dark idea. I'm a bit scared. It's different, but it's also less because the light rules, the light um, uh, chases away the darkness and the darkness does not comprehend it. And the Bible says that where the light comes, the darkness flees from it. And I can't accept that things are different but equal. I must accept that some things are better than others. Can you say amen to that? Better. It's important to be able to say it's better. Uh, when, when, people say, when people say everything's the same, we have to be careful of that because what they're implying is you're not allowed to say something is better. 
But the Bible says, better is one day in your house, O Lord, than a thousand elsewhere. I think we have to recognize you're going to become a loser if you think everything is equal. And you're going to become a winner when you recognize some things are better than others. Amen? It's better. You are better submitted and surrendered to Christ than without. You're better. I'm better. This place is better. We have to recognize the importance of that. John chapter 12, verse 35. Then Jesus said to them, a little while longer, the light is with you. He was talking about his physical presence. Um, uh, walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. The, the, the light rules. And I think that's a, an important. Um, I think that's an important principle. It's uh, the, the parable of the lost coin is the idea that I want the light to rule in my life, and I will not allow things to go missing because it's just dark. Have you noticed she had the coin? She just didn't know where the coin was, and um, having something but not knowing where it is is also lost. Right? It's lost. Have you ever lost your keys? But you, I mean, they're somewhere. You just don't know where it is. You have to be careful that lost doesn't only mean you don't have a relationship with God. A lost can also mean you have a relationship with God, but part of it is in the dark. Because you won't turn the light on there. <laughs> right? How many of you have got areas of your life you're just like, don't shine a light there, not today. Like, just I'm processing, I'm dealing, I'm... Can we talk about something else except that? Don't talk about my language, please. Don't talk about my relationship. Don't talk about my money. Don't talk about my spare room. Like, you, got, you, have, to, you have to turn the light rules because creepy stuff grows in dark places and because the darkness can overtake you. It can get more and more and more. Nobody ever says, oh, light overtook me. Nobody ever says that. That is not a thing. You don't say it was normal light and then all of a sudden it like became an overwhelming amount of light. Like I felt a burden or a heaviness of light. Nobody ever said that. But a lot of people have said, I just felt this darkness. It became a heaviness. I was overwhelmed by amount of darkness in something. Phew. You don't have to live like that. You just let the light come. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness flees from it. Right? So what you want is light. And I think there's something really um, powerful about that. And then thirdly, um, I did have numbers on these at one stage, but do you know, a, re a really strange thing happened uh, 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 two months ago or so. I, I said, I said to, to the church in the morning service, let's pick a fight with the devil because I feel like he's been picking a fight with us and we've been too lazy to fight back. And after that, like, just humorously, technology just went wild. So the tech guys are like, can you just warn us before you're going to fire some shots at the devil just so we can, you know, put some safety in place? The rest, the rest rejoices. The rest rejoices. Um, it's a funny thing. 
I think we need to recognize, is there a weird noise coming from, is that even more technology? Is there something in the speaker up there? Is there a speaker up there? Kieran, just so you know, if you're looking for Satan, he's in that speaker at the moment. So catch him before he moves around. When we switch the lights off, I don't want him moving around. That was a joke, that was a joke. Really, sorry, not sorry. Funny, not funny. Um, the rest rejoice. Oh, here's the principle I wanted you to say. Not everything has to be right in order for you to be happy. You just have to find something that was missing and the rest rejoices. I love this strange idea out there that like things have to be just right. It is so silly. They're never going to be. But the crucial thing can be right. And that is a sense that what was lost is found. A sense that a missing piece, do you remember it said that? A missing piece is, is found. You know, the, the, the Holy Spirit uh, is renewing and restoring you all the time. Something goes missing from your soul all the time and the Holy Spirit keeps renewing and restoring it. That's why we need more than one prayer because we suffer more than one loss. That's why we need more than one infilling because we are drained more than one time. That's why though we may have 10 coins, some time or the other, we forget where we put it and it is missing or lost to us and we have to turn the light on again and then we have to sweep the house because you know what? Stuff accumulates and stuff accumulates enough to hide things that are truly valuable. So you turn the light on and you sweep the rubbish out and then it is found again. The most joyful day of your life is the day that you are found. You know, people say, oh, I found the Lord. Just be careful of that because he's technically never lost. You were lost. So you are found. Um, but that's the most joyful day of your life is when you are found. Uh, but you will also find, you will find many things in your spiritual journey. You will find the joy of the Lord. You will find the fullness of Christ. You will find the power of the Spirit. You will find the fruits of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. And every time you find a peace, your treasure grows, your joy is renewed. So I, I guess my conversation tonight is centered around this idea. Uh, don't suffer loss. Don't be a loser. I mean, I've cringed just saying it like, oh, so childish, oh, you're a loser, I'm a loser. But don't have... Uh, Allow not to allow the devil to steal from us on the assumption that above average or 90% is good because in God, his plan is perfection, 10 out of 10. He perfects in me those things that are missing. How cool is that? It is therefore possible to live a perfect life. Not a, not a fake one, not a free from loss life. Perfect in the sense that whatever is lost can be found and whatever is broken can be healed and whatever is 
sinful can be repented from, and whatever is far can be brought near. Perfect is not that nothing goes wrong. Perfect is that God is able to make it as new again. That's pretty perfect. That's pretty perfect. So we've committed ourselves as best we can for the, <clears throat> excuse me, for the PM to do a one-hour service and then allow for a time of prayer. So we're there now. And um, I, I want to invite you, we're going we're gonna to take a moment at the end of this service, this conversation, to invite the Lord to turn the light on and sweep the heart. Are you okay with that? Let's see where that takes us. So why don't you stand with me? Let's do that. Kieran and the tech team, I apologize in advance for provoking the, the devil. On, I don't know. I, I just wanted to say, um, with the extra few minutes, I don't know if you know there's communion breaking of bread on either side of the stage every Sunday. And you can have it before church, during worship, or after church. So, I mean, you, you're out here already. Make the most of your church time. There's also a little prayer request card. You can just write an anonymous request for prayer, and we'll pray about it during the week. Or you can report a testimony of like a breakthrough. Thank you, Lord. A little thanks card. They're all uh, available in front. And then there's a team of like legit humans who sincerely just want to pray and make available to pray for you. And so come and say, hey, I need someone to pray for me. And no judgment, they'll stay and pray. And then on top of all of that, this is like a real value-add experience at church. There's great coffee. There's pancakes, cheesecake at both coffee shops. Like, it's just amazing. You shouldn't go home. And there's a generator. Yeah, just... <laughs> hey? Eventually, must they go home eventually? You can go home tomorrow. Tomorrow. Mark says he'll stay. He'll stay until the uh, rising sun. Vian, he's all about staying until the sun rises in the morning so that he can listen to a song of praise. So, like, we're all about that. I, I'd like to take um, a moment to just invite you to quieten your heart. <clears throat> I just invite you to quieten your heart and to... Uh, Invite the Holy Spirit to turn the light on and sweep the house. And maybe um, uh, tonight, uh, while you're out here, um, maybe you feel like something's missing. A piece is missing. Or maybe you thought you had something nailed down, but, oh man, it's gotten missing in the mess of life. And you just want to know where it is. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. And so, Holy Spirit, we invite you into our hearts right now. We invite you into our minds. We invite you into our spirit, even into our bodies. If something's not working right, if something's missing, if something is lost to us, it's somewhere in, it's somewhere in the place, but it's hidden, and we, we just can't see it. Please, will you turn the light on in the name of Jesus? Please, will you sweep out our hearts so that that which is missing can be found? Please, will you teach us that we can live a life as followers of Jesus, that we can live a life of abundant 
joy and happiness in all its fullness and that we don't need to mark down our lives but that we can confidently trust you for a full marks life, for, for living at full marks. Uh, Lord, will you please teach us the 10% rule just to take a step and it'll change everything else. And Holy Spirit, please will you add the missing piece right now in Jesus' name. And while we're in this moment, um, maybe what's missing is a, a genuine connection with God. Maybe you're here tonight and I just, I feel, maybe you feel like your phraseology is something's not, something's missing in me. And, and the thing that's, I mean, the thing that's going to fill that gap is a healthy relationship with God. And it's found through this open door called Jesus. So that's how it works. And what you do, your part is to say, I need you. And his part is to be ready, standing and available to come into your life. That's how it works. You, you make the need known and he is the provider. So I guess if you're in this space, in that space in your life, I just, I'd love to pray for you. So I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to drag you forward or anything like that. You're welcome to come forward of your own volition afterwards. But if you're saying tonight something's missing, please will you pray a prayer with me? I'd like you to take an action. Just take, uh, stick your hand up long enough to say, yeah, that's me. Something's missing. It's so close. It's like nine out of ten, but something's missing. And I don't want to live like that. I want God to intervene. Would you raise your hand long enough for me to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, thank you, right at the back there and over here in the front too, thank you. Um, do, do, do you mind praying a prayer under your breath? Just follow a prayer after me. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to, um, I'm just going to pray a sentence at a time and I'm inviting you to repeat it. You can do it boldly or under your breath. Um, but will you just say these words with me? It, it, it really comes out of the book of Romans. Here it is. Lord Jesus, I need you because I'm far from you and nothing else has helped. Please forgive me for ignoring you, walking away from you, or letting distance come between us. I repent of that. Come into my life. Take charge. Lead me into the light. And from there into new life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you give God a shout of praise and thanksgiving for that? I think that's an amazing thing. There's some people in this room, you did that and a light came on. I'm going to pray a prayer for your week and then I'm going to invite you to stick around or take advantage of church to all its fullness and don't rush off anywhere. Lord, will you bless us with wisdom from the word and principles from the parables. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day, everybody. Great evening. Thank you. God bless you.